Hello. Well, <laughs> forgotten what I say now. Welcome to Movie Grouch and Fanboy Podcast. My name is Bex. I am a big old movie grouch. And here to show me the error of my ways, it's Blake. Good afternoon. You still sound like you're introducing the news. You say still? Yeah. I went to how often have I sounded like that all day? You've sounded like that and the one that we did before that we had oh. to bin because I've got to turn the speakers down. Well, there you go. If you haven't listened to us before, um, we are the podcast that reviews movies that I move grouch hello have i've avoided watching them for some pretty iffy reasons um and it's been a, a constant source of irritation to blake that i just write off a film without really giving it a fair chance yeah so we have a watch of a movie that i have avoided and yep. then we have a chat about it and we find out whether my reservations are valid yeah or whether my preconceived ideas are just a bag of old shite yeah and then we have a little chat about it and put it out for your listening pleasure yeah. so uh thank you for sticking with us we know that this episode is a little bit on the late side um we had some tech issues with the last episode and we sat down to re-record this and for some reason the new laptop just shut down halfway through and um, when we tried to recover the file we recovered about 10 seconds of material which was a bit rubbish uh, and it was actually pretty rubbish because it was a really good episode. It felt really good when we were recording yeah. it, didn't we? Yeah, it was quite annoying. Yeah, wasn't it? We didn't think the new the new laptop would be quite so quite so problematic from the off. But it well not from the off, but on first recording. So we'll yeah. see how this one goes, and hopefully we get it better. Yeah, get it um, more better. Get it better. Get it better. All right there. Yeah, having a breakdown. I just didn't know what I was supposed to say for a minute. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so we've had a few other issues as well. It's just been one of those weeks, I think. But we're hoping we're hoping we're we're all back to normal now. We're hoping yeah. that all our bad news. We've had to buy a new telly. We put a, a bracket to fit the telly to the wall, and then that was the wrong bracket. So it's kind of been one of those weeks, weeks really. Everything that could have gone wrong pretty sort much has gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's what I need to tell you. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the tech, all the tech has died. All at the same time, it's always the way, isn't it? Buy a new always. laptop, buy a new telly, because they're all yeah. breaking at the same time. For sure. So, yeah. before we get into um, the movie, we're going to have a little chat and see if there's anything, uh, just chat about what we've been watching. Yeah. What have you been watching? Not a lot, to be honest. Um, I actually, no, like, since we did our one that we lost, um, I watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Yes, you were talking to me about that. It was all right. It's long. It's four hours long. Mm. It's better than the last Justice League that they tried to put out. Yeah. Um, but that's it for me. That's all I've really watched. What about you? I started Bridgerton today, which I'm really enjoying. And I feel very dissatisfied that my life is not a Bridgerton episode now, uh, which is going to be problematic going forward. But the gag of the year so far, uh, Drag Race UK finished on Why gag of the year? Because the person that I thought was going to win it didn't win it. And I was explaining this to you. It was very much a season of two halves because of um, coronavirus. Yes. And I was, as much as I love Lawrence Cheney, I did. Th I was disappointed Bimini didn't win. But Lawrence is amazing and I love him. So um, I think they all did a fab, fab job. 
It was a really, really, really entertaining series. Much better than the US one at the moment, which is um, a little bit... Is that because it's old hat? The American one? No, I don't think so. I think it's just the standard of Queens and the fact that I think the first one was very much a test to see how it would be received. And and just what, actually, the UK one? The UK one, right, okay. yeah. The range of drag is a lot more diverse, I think. They, they what, just over pitch, here? Yeah, Even though it would it's be... very different to... I think America's quite cutthroat because there's quite a big cash prize. Right. And it really can boost people's careers, that money. You know, you can plastic surgery and buy all sorts of crap with it if you want. Um, there wasn't for the British one. And I think that changed things slightly. But it was still... I, I mean, I, I love it as a, as a format, you... as a TV show. I think it's great. What did we watch for this episode? John Copper is the thing um, from 1982. Yep, we did. Yeah. Um, have you got the synopsis, please? Yes, I have. So a research team in Antarctica is haunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. Very cool. That is c- correct. Yes. That is, is the synopsis. It? So this film, um, IMDb, 8.1. Okay. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, audience score 92%, critic score 85%. So pretty high. Yeah. With a classic. It is quite a big deal, this film, isn't it? Yeah. It's got quite a huge cult. Yeah, it's got a big cult following, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And little Rotten Tomato review from a fan. It's a horror movie, not a sci-fi movie. Well, I think you'll find, buddy, this falls under the sci-fi horror genre. So it is a mixture yeah. of the ba- of the both. So you are factually wrong with your mini review thank you bye you know what you said the other day about like you're going to stop commenting so much on social media on like local news stuff as well try to yeah yeah is is the imdb result reviews are they going to take the place of your venting oh they could do couldn't they could be a bit it's a better way to direct that is it? I don't know. It's just fun. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it, for the podcast? That's all it is. Yeah. I just find something that like kind of makes you smile or something I like or something that might be a bit... A bit daft. A bit daft, basically. That's what I kind of... That's all I'm using that for. In the past, what has stopped you from seeing this movie? Um, I think I did start watching it. I didn't, I, I didn't finish it all. Definitely didn't finish it all. I don't really know what stopped me from watching it. I Probably it just didn't really appeal. Right. I think I was probably watching it when I was less into horror, which would be something that would stop me from seeing it. Right, okay. When did you get into horror? Like, roughly? Quite late in life? years ago, right, yeah. Right, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, because again, it was something that we never really watched as kids. Mum and Dad were, like, I've talked about, like, Mum and Dad were very kind of hot on the age-appropriate stuff. Yeah, yeah. And even, like, I was watching Ghostbusters yesterday, and even Ghostbusters, I think, didn't pass the vetting because of the bit with the sofa. Or the bit with the right, old chair okay, where all the yeah, hands come yeah, out yeah, and they yeah, drag yeah. her into the, the fridge. Yeah, it's pretty freaky, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think... Um, my sister's not a big fan of horror and I think looking back on it I think it's to some extent I think you there perhaps was like a fear around not being able to watch something created okay fair enough and I think oh gosh I hope my parents aren't listening to this because we've talked about this before and your um, mum listens every episode yeah she does but I do think um, I do think that actually if you it's almost like creating a hype about it I think and it makes it more scary but in actual fact 
I love a bloody good ghost film, but I did have a very overactive imagination and like right, I went okay. to the witchcraft museum at Boss Castle and then thought that a witch had attached itself to me and when Class. I came home I couldn't sleep for um, crying and getting upset. That's incredible. Uh, but when we go to Cornwall on holiday, I do want to go back to the witchcraft museum, please. Yeah, that's fine, Thank we you. can do that. That's cool. <laughs> my I'll, mom I'll will just be, be the one that will have to deal with it. <laughs> my mum will be just like, oh my God, I remember that night. Yeah, right, brilliant. Right. It was on my radar, but I remember it not quite being what I thought it was. So I, um, I think I stickled for that I steered clear of it for that reason. Right, okay. What were your preconceived ideas of this movie? Uh, that it was set somewhere snowy and something would go after some people. Something would go after some people. Basically, Amazing. yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, what about then the opening scenes and setups of the story? Okay. So, opening scene, we see a spaceship fly through space obviously yeah and it enters the earth's atmosphere and it potentially crashes on earth but we don't know for definite i've got to be very careful how i phrase this next bit because we've already nearly had a falling out over me pointing this out so a helicopter chases a dog and the people in the helicopter are shooting at the dog the dog runs towards a research station and the helicopter lands and we learn that the helicopter is piloted by norwegians and the pilot and the and the passenger exit the helicopter and chase after the dog and they're trying to kill it. So the American guys come out from their research base and they're sort of wondering why uh, these guys are trying to kill this dog. The Norwegian guys get killed and the dog hangs out of the base. The Americans that are at the research station want to find out more about what, what was happening with the Norwegians and what they were doing. So they decide to go to the Norwegian base and investigate what is there and what they find is absolute carnage. So everybody's dead. One person has barricaded himself in the radio room and taken his own life. And they find a large empty block of ice and outside there are two burned bodies. And of course, the logical thing to do, I guess, when you're a scientist is to bring one of the weird corpses back to the base for investigation. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? The little husky dog that sought refuge at the research station is put into... He's been, like, hanging out and freaking out a couple of the other guys. Because um, he does... He's quite scary. He was quite a scary dog. So they decide to put him in the pen with the other huskies. And man, oh man, it all kicks off. So they're shit scared of the new dog, and quite rightly so, because it then explodes into a big pile of goo and some weird jerky root-looking things. They go everywhere and all the dogs die, apart from one, and there's, like, fire and all sorts of stuff. So that's basically the opening scenes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I thought it set up the story really well, actually, and I really liked the beginning. I liked the music. I thought it set the the tone really well and it kind of you had that sense of unease and like disquiet right from the get-go uh it's also a genius genius place for uh, yeah. a horror film any kind of yeah, yeah. horror genre subgenre is, is amazing yeah. because yeah like you say you're isolated it's already scary yeah isn't it like yeah, maybe sure. like you wouldn't want to be um i wouldn't want to be out there no do you know what i mean no completely cut off even knowing that everything like this is a film and none of these things are real i still don't want to do it <laughs> yeah and to some extent you're kind of um it's a real testament to how like how how much you can deal with 
because mm. I think there's a lot of everything I've ever read and everything I've ever seen that comes into like that's set in like a snowy sort of um, setting. There's a lot of like how like mentally strong people are yeah i thought that was really clever it was really reminiscent it reminded me of so many things so there's a podcast that i listen to called the white vault which is set out in i think it's svalbard which is sweden sweden one of the like the scandi countries and the music is so i mean it's, it's just all really reminiscent of the thing i joined the dots with a lot of references it was like red dwarf episodes of red dwarf like the polymorph episode is completely inspired by by this and obviously alien which came out earlier you could see there was a lot of inspiration i think taken from taken from alien it didn't like like kurt russell was great uh, i thought he was really good um, he's such like a manly man. I know this is probably going to sound quite toxic and I don't mean it to uh, kind of like berate anybody's masculinity or anything like that. But he, Kurt Russell is quite a manly man, isn't he? Like, There's nothing you know, toxic about being a man. No, I know, but he's like like the stereotypical kind of like Again, masculine not, man. But that's not toxic, is it? It can be. If you're yeah. kind of looking at Kurt Russell and being like, oh, I'm not that masculine. I don't know why you would be saying it in that voice, but... I don't but want anyway, anybody yeah. to feel that they have to be as masculine as Kurt Russell. I'm not necessarily talking about you. I'm just, like, talking about anybody listening. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. But, yeah, he's quite a manly man. Like, an overboard, he could fix shit. When there was trouble in Little China, he made there not be any trouble. He made the trouble go away. And, yeah, he was quite handy with, like, a flamethrower and all sorts of stuff in this movie. So, yeah, um, yeah he's quite a, quite a butch, butch kind of guy. I need the loo. And that had a really nice retro feel to it as well. Like it's almost, it could have been made now. Yeah. Like a, like a Stranger Things kind of thing. It could have been made now and set retrospectively. Yeah, yeah, So it yeah, had a really sure. good, it didn't feel like an old film. Although obviously uh, special effects have moved on somewhat. Yeah. But again, you know, you get films made now with deliberately bad special effects, or not bad, but old-fashioned. Hacky. Yeah. So, it, you know, I don't think it would be beyond the realms of possibility that no, a film would be released all. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the spaceship looks a bit like the Millennium Falcon. That's what I noticed. Okay, cool. So, story arc and plot development. I had a bit of trouble um, telling people apart i didn't the names didn't really go into my head right i don't think the film was very good at, at that so i'm gonna kind of read names but i'm please know that i am not able to remember who who was who so blair the doctor does an autopsy on the remains and discovers the thing's secret and that it replicates the host that it's in in order to survive so mccready who's kurt russell's character Palmer and Norris fly to the site where the Norwegians were working and they find an alien spaceship in the crater and McCready later theorises that the Norwegians woke the creature up and it began to attack them. So later Blair studies the remaining or the remaining cells and using very sophisticated software he works out some terrifying stats and that it would basically take over the world if it got loose. And the computer tells him that the possibility of one or more team members being infected by the thing is 75%. And that information sends him a little bit. So Bennings gets isolated 
and the thing gets him. Windows interrupts the process and McCready burns the Bennings monster. Blair loses it a bit more and sabotages the vehicles. He kills the dogs and destroys the evidence um, to prevent them escaping. Um, and the team chuck him into a tool shed and they decide to do a blood test using the blood store or the blood from the blood store. But then they find out that the blood store has been sabotaged and McCready takes charge. Uh, and then there's a whole situation where McCready could be the thing and that's pretty much it for the middle awesome. bit so this is kind of where it lost it a little bit for me it was a bit confused i couldn't keep up with the characters who was who and when i was reading through just reminded myself of the plot for the research for this bit i was kind of like oh i didn't even couldn't even tell you who that guy is so that's all i have to say about that i think really it was okay Cool. I just found it very um, like it seemed to develop, it seemed to descend into chaos very quickly, which I guess it would. If you, it sounds daft. But I guess it would if you had an alien thing that was sort of taking over mm. people and like doing a body snatching thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I that unravelled it a little bit for me, and I lost the thread quite quickly. I think I don't think it also helped that we had to watch it in two halves again because mm. we can't watch a film in one go mm. at all nowadays. We have to wake up and take small creatures out for wheeze and poos and things mm. so um i think that detracted a little bit uh from it but you kind of know where it's going you can kind of see the end coming you know that they're not going to get off get away and escape you know that the odds are stacked against them mm. yeah for sure closing okay. scenes so end of the film yeah it all finishes so they basically find out that the thing is in norris and mccready tortures him so mccready also kills uh, Clark, because he comes at him at a knife with. Uh, Can we just say torches him, not tortures, just torches. so that's clear. Sorry. With a flamethrower. Torches. Is that just my accent making it sound like torches? No, but it was very. It was just because it was just very quickly in amongst, in some words. Torture. So maybe we we say that. So the thing is, in Norris and McCready torches him with a flamethrower. <laughs> Feeding me lines now. Uh, so McCready kills Clark because he comes at him with a knife so that's all self-defense they do the blood test and they find out that uh, Palmer has contaminated blood and he infects windows and McCready burns them both and then they decide that they're going to go and test Blair and they find out that Blair has escaped and used vehicle component components to create a small flying saucer I mean okay and then it kicks off a bit more. So McCready, Gary and Knowles decide to detonate the base and kill to kill the thing. They've basically decided they're not getting off there alive. Um, and they don't really want the thing to be able to get its claws out to the wider community. So as they set explosives, Blair, who had escaped, comes back and kills Gary. And then Knowles disappears to try and find Blair. Blair turns into a giant monster and everything is blown up by McCready. And then Charles returns, who I think had been trying to find Blair, um, and they wait out to see who either is the thing uh, or who will die first. Yeah. End scene. End film. End film. Cool. Mm. Did you have a favourite character? Not really. I think if I have to go with all of the and out of all of them, I think it's probably McCready. Okay. Just because I, I quite like Kurt Russell. Okay. Cool. That you didn't really get an awful lot about the characters so there wasn't an awful lot of backstory and normally for me that's what helps me fill in the blanks and helps me 
decide whether I identify or I like people. I like mm. to know. I'm nosy. I like to know backstory and stuff. Okay, that's cool. Did you have a worst character? Probably the alien. The alien. That is that probably the right answer. I wouldn't want to meet them. Um, did you have a favourite scene? Yeah, there were a couple of really creepy ones where people were kind of like creeping around outside. So I get really freaked out by people not walking properly uh, or kind of doing a bit of a weird thing. I don't know if anybody's seen that short film on Netflix called The Smiling Man. Not Netflix, on YouTube, called The Smiling Man, which is really creepy. Yeah. And that that terrifies me. So I think there's a bit where, is it Childs and McCready go over to try and find um, the... They, they go over to McCready's tower and there's one of the guys is kind of creeping about in the snow and they think he's been infected and that for me was pretty pretty tense I was like oh didn't like that did you have a worst scene can I pick like the bit of the film I think the middle bit of the film just those sorts of bits where like you you talked about it before and it was something that I've been thinking on so there's a, a book that I read it's a ghost story called dark matter and it's fantastic it's set out in like tundra and people have gone out to do um experiments and and like research research station basically and they are haunted basically like the crew dwindle one by one and then one guy is left on his own and he gets haunted by the um the like the malevolent spirit of a trapper um and some awful stuff happened and it's it's a really really creepy really creepy story like terrified me and you were talking about paranoia and that panic and that loss of rational rational thought because obviously there's this thing that's kind of coming after them and trying to trying to kill them and everybody's suspecting everybody else and there's that whole paranoia setting in and I think what the film didn't do for me I think that that would I think that would develop over a period of time and it felt very quick from the alien arriving to oh god nobody's getting off the base alive we've got to blow it up I for me it didn't seem tangible that it would take that quick that that it would be that quick that people would start not believing each other so yeah I think um, it's a valid point I think the paranoia and and the not trusting other people would would come into play but i but for me it just seemed a little bit too quick okay cool and the whole he's the thing no he's the thing no kill him no get him no let's do the blood test oh the blood's gone oh well, who got who it, it just seemed to be the same sort of thing it was like well one of you's infected who is it and it yeah i got very confused and lost okay so a big chunk of the film would be your worst scene in theory. Yeah, I, okay. I just when it all started to get, they started to get a bit touchy with each other. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. That's cool. Um, soundtrack. Let's go in soundtrack. So it was done by Nia Morricone. Um, She's pretty cool. Good. Yeah, it's awesome. I didn't realize. Like, I always think of did he he did the mission? Did he do the mission? Mission Impossible. No. The mission. mission. Was that Brian Eno? Get them confused. No. Ennio Morricone did the um, composer. Oh. Did the composer? <laughs> he did, he composed the, the music to the mission, which is quite a classical uh, quite a classical piece. Right, okay. Uh, and it's, yeah, it tells the story of a Spanish Jesuit priest who goes off to the South American jungle to build a mission and convert a community of Guarani Indians 
whilst fighting off the dastardly Portuguese colonials who were trying to enslave the community. So I was quite surprised when I found out that this was an Ian Morricone because it seemed quite sort of, um, I don't know, just seemed a little to have a little bit of less less gravitas I guess than his other work or the other work that I'm familiar with but it was great cool it was really great you could see Halloween like there was definitely a theme three John Carpenter's films I think with the soundtrack yeah definitely and it definitely just really unnerved you and you were like oh yeah it helps happening? doesn't it yeah directors of the work so John Carpenter so highlights for me in the past would be the original Halloween he's worked with Kurt Russell quite a few times with Escape from LA Escape from New York and in Big Trouble Trouble Little China um, he did The Fog and he did John Carpenter's Vampires um, which is late late 90s vampire film that's really good with James Woods Uh, okay yeah so pretty good Mm. pretty good stuff really have you got a fact I have got a fact. So, John Carpenter has stated that of all his films, this is his personal favourite. But he takes all his failed movies pretty hard, and the initial cold reception of this one disappointed him the most. Not only was the film a box office failure upon release, but both critics and audiences, to Carpenter's shock, uh, panned its gory effects, bleak tone and story. Uh, Critics said it qualifies as instant junk. Um, Some people called it an alien knockoff it wasn't very well received so the studio cancelled the multi-picture deal they had signed with carpenter who once noted that he lost a lot of jobs because of the thing and that this career would have been very different had it been financially successful not surprisingly he was extremely relieved when the film enjoyed a rich cult success following its home video release and television broadcasts along with a critical re-evaluation that came with it awesome so it's a happy tale yeah a happy happy ending one thing i will say about that special effects I found them really hard to watch not because they were very gory just because they were really jerky there was lots of really it's um stop capture animation a lot of it I think yeah it was like it does look a bit like that a lot of it was very yeah there was like some really hard cuts in those scenes Mm. and I was sort of a bit like found it a bit jarring okay did you fall asleep it was touch and go okay but uh, I was saved by the dog who needed awesome. to get up get and have up. some tea. Um, are your prejudgments correct? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, like, I, I with mm, uh, use your words, Rebecca. So I really wanted to watch this again. And I was, when we had the uh, recording malfunction and the we were going to re-record again I said I would I would watch it again before we were recorded and I just events conspired and I didn't get a chance to do it I would really like to watch it again because I didn't I didn't get it on the first watching okay. I, I kind of I like it, it's really weird when you sit down and you watch a film that you know lots of people have raved about or it's got a cult following and you kind of think like yeah it could be my kind of jam and then you sit and you watch it and you saw, I felt like I was missing something. Mm. Um, now that could be because we watched it in two sittings, which is why I wanted to w- try and watch it again in what in a one so that I could see whether that break had any effect on it. But I once that arguing and the stuff started, I found it really hard to kind of keep track of it and keep up with what was going on. Okay. And I didn't expect it as well. I didn't expect it to be an alien. Like, I thought it just might be, like, a weird creature. Like, I felt like we learned a lot about 
the alien thing, but I didn't learn much about the human people in the film. Mm-hmm. And that might be because they were effectively cannon fodder. Yeah. They just a lot were all killed off. But yeah. I think for me to connect with a to connect with characters and to kind of feel invested, I need to have a little bit more uh, backstory than than we had about these guys. And, and just like basic stuff, like it would have been really cool to know why they were at that research station, what mm. their work was doing. Because they all had the area of expertise, but nothing really, you never saw anything. So you were taking a lot of stuff on trust that, oh, I mean, like you could see Kurt Russell could pilot, not Kurt Russell, McCready. I doubt Kurt Russell can pilot a helicopter. You could see that McCready could fly a helicopter. You knew that the, one of the guys was like the cook and the other guy was a doctor. But it was, I, I think, a little bit more mundanity mm. would have helped me kind of okay. engage a bit more, maybe. Cool. Okay, so your final thoughts. I thought the beginning was really good. It didn't keep my interest, but I am willing to accept that watching the film in two stages changes how you engage I think Mm. with it so I would be interested to watch it again in a while and see if I get feel differently okay cool so yeah awesome and score out of 10 given that I'm not sure about it I'm going to go for a 5 I think that's fair that's in the middle and I will revise that uh, when I watch it again well once it's out there this is it so oh right okay sorry that's it now so it's a 5 5 for me brilliant Five from our Plymouth judge. Awesome. There we go. Thank you very much. That's quite right. Anything else? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Cool. It's quite a short one. It's a real shame because the other one that we did was just like so much. Uh, there was a lot more content and a lot more chatter. Yeah, but it's always the way the second one, I think, yeah. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that wraps it up for today. We're sorry about all the technical bump that's been going on. Uh, we're hoping that this is it now. And we'll be able to um, kind of get back to a regular schedule. Do you have anything that you want to say about the film? Because you have been very quiet while I have sat here and chatted at you. I really like it. I think it's great. Again, I think it's something when you see it when you're younger, it sticks with you a bit more. Yeah. I saw it when I was probably about 20, maybe late teens, I think, when I first saw it. And I thought it was great then. I still think it's great now. I think it aged. I think it's aged really well. Yeah, I do think I it's think, um, uh, Yeah, I, I, I have trouble picking faults with it, actually. Why did you include it on the list? Because I love it. Right. And I think everyone simple. should see it. Because I think it's quite important. Like, again, you, you spoke about what it inspired, and you can see it all over pop culture. Yeah. And I think yeah. that hasn't been lost. No, um, that's a cool point. I think anything that can is still relevant in pop culture 20, 30, 40 years later. No, it's been 40 years, but no, oh, 82. Yeah, nearly. Nearly 40 years. So, you know, that's that's a big deal to have yeah. that long a life yeah. in something that can be so disposable as movies in terms of like how, especially how we consume them now. Yeah. So long with disposable. Yeah. I, yeah, I just think it's great. Yeah, that's it. I just really like it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's it then. That's it from us. Uh, we'll be back next time. What are we going to watch next time? Um, so, I've decided on Goodwill Hunting. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I know that you, like, oh. look shit. So shit. But uh, we'll see if you change your mind. Not that it's about that, but, like, actually sit and watch the film. Oh, God. Okay, so that's Good Will Hunting next, then. It might not. Given that reaction, we might change it. Is that the one with Robin Williams in? No, that's uh, Dead Poet Society. Okay, is that on the list? Uh, depending on how Good Will Hunting goes. <laughs> 
I might change. I mean, given your reaction, I might not do giveaway hunting. So be prepared for a change. Oh no, we no, we've committed it to the people now. They'll... Well, no, we haven't. It's not out yet, is it? So mm. we could do another version. I pick another film. Oh yeah, we could. Watch. Well, no, we've got to watch them all, haven't we? We've got to watch them all at some point. We'll have mm. to do it. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please, please, please consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts just to help us uh, become a little bit more visible. You can give us a rating wherever you listen. If you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, and you can share us about and help us help us with our bid for world domination and we'll we'll give you a shout out when when our plans for evil come into uh are realized if you have a hilarious or embarrassing movie related story you can tell us fancy that people send in an email when i ask them to that would be amazing our email address is moviegrudgefanboypod at outlook.com and you can be part of the crew so you can follow us on instagram we are at moviegrouch and fanboypod and that is all words and 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 we're on facebook at movie grouch and fanboy uh and that's with an ampersand so that's it for this episode next time we'll be back with goodwill hunting and um a lot of crazy shit has gone down in the world yet again it feels like sometimes we're the only same people here uh and that everybody else is just intent on batting a lot of hate and negativity and that really sucks uh, it's sometimes it is very hard to deal with, especially with the uh, pandemic that is apparently still going on. So keep your head up, keep your chin up, keep your head out of water. What did I mean to say then? I haven't got a clue. Just as per usual, we hope you're well. We hope you are in a safe space. Um, and thank you very much for listening. And we'll hopefully see you or have the pleasure of your ears next time. That sounds really weird. I'm going now. I think I need a cup of coffee. Thanks no, for listening. Goodbye. Do I? Yeah. What do I need? <laughs> sedative. Rabbit in on at the end. That's going to need something to keep that going. <laughs> you need a nap. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Okay, so let me do my ending bit. Are you okay? Yeah. You're very wriggly in that chair. Are you comfy? Yeah. You're not, are you? It's okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You sure? Okay. You're not in no, pain or no, discomfort no, or anything? Okay. So you're very quiet. Yeah, I'm okay. Are you all right? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. You don't look great. <laughs>